Well, the Yankees are in a bad way right now. Um, and I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but if there's one thing I can tell you, it is that I'm not too shocked that this is happening. Um, I, I kind of tried warning people when they were hot. You know, trying to help you out. Try to ease the pain that this team is not who they were when they were hot. Now that said, to be fair, I have to say that they're also not who they are right now. The Yankees are neither an average 500 team, which is who they've been for the last month and a half, but nor are they that 750 team who are playing way over their heads for the first two and a half to three months or something of the season. You know, they had a lot of guys at the time having career seasons um, and then some, right? And I think that's the bad thing. And um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to get into all that in this episode of BD4, episode 394 of the show. Stay with us. We have a lot coming up next on the show. And let's get to it. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Show us some dexterity as well with the left hand. It's on its way. There it goes. And the Yankees are going for the win. Let's go. happening everybody what's going on i'm your host rj carbone and you are listening to or maybe watching episode 394 of bd4 where there's no better way to get your yankees and knicks analysis we also do mma now too yanks every series knicks every game mma on weekends and we're back to talk about some of the yank uh to talk some yankees and um, as we said at the very top of the show just a couple of minutes ago, yeah, I don't think the Yankees are as bad as they are right now. They are currently 21 and 23. I believe that is since June 19th. And before June 19th, they were 49 and 16. So that's a 750 win percentage. Since then, they played at a, whatever, you know, a couple ticks below 500. So I don't think they're either one of those. Don't think they're a 750 ball club. I don't think they're a ball club that hangs around 500. I think they're somewhere in the middle. Um, Unfortunately, I don't think somewhere in the middle of those two is going to be enough to make a deep postseason run. Um, Maybe I can be proved wrong. Maybe guys start stepping up again. But the way this team has looked over the last month and a half, you know, some of those indicators are legit. Some might be some fluky things going on. We'll be all right. But I I just don't. It's hard to really 
fully buy in again, knowing that this team has done this before year after year after year in the last 12 seasons, right? We've seen it with the Yankees before. We've seen 2019. They win 103 ball games, and they get absolutely smacked around in the CS. We've seen it in 2021. They get hot for a bit in the second half post-trade deadline. Then they cool off, limp into the playoffs, and they get booted in the first round. We've seen that happen with this Yankees team before. Um, so even the, you know the losing aside, what scares me lately is just a lot of guys are just coming back to their career norms. A lot of guys are just living up to their track record. And that to me is a problem. Like in the first half or the first three months or so of the season with the Yankees, you had so many guys having career years. Right, uh, Jamison Tyone had a 2.30 ERA. He was having a career year. Nestor Corset, Cortez was the Cy Young uh, like favorite with the 1.4 ERA. Although he's been fine, he's since regressed a bit. You had, you know, Luis Severino looking phenomenal. He's hurt, and his tracker his track record has shown he gets hurt a lot. Jamison Tyone's track record has shown that he's just an average major league pitcher, and he's back to being that. He's got a four ERA. So you're relying on a lot of guys to overachieve, right? Jose Trevino still overachieving to his career standards. Same thing with Cortez. Like it could very well happen where Clay Holmes continues to struggle and he goes back to his career norm of being just some random. The bullpen's kind of just going back to being average because a lot of guys were over performing over their heads there too. Like that can very well happen. That can very well happen. Where what we're seeing kind of continues and guys just continue to go back to where they usually live. And that's a problem. And I wrote an article about that called Track Record on my website. If you go to bd4blog.com, that is bd4blog.com, you'll see. But we're going to talk about everything. Episode 394 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. The Yanks flop in St. Louis. And they drop their second straight series. They've lost five games in a row. Two series in a row. Just when you thought they were getting it together. After the Kansas City uh, 3 out of 4 series. (laughs) They, you know, they kind of just continue to stumble. First off, I have to say, St. Louis, love it. I, I It's a place that might have to be on my bucket list. Um, The ballpark, it's it looks beautiful. It's baseball country over there. St. Louis has always been a big baseball city. Beautiful ballpark Bush Stadium is. My uncle's a big fan. He's from there. I, I would just, I would like to go see. They got a lot of history. Of course, they're a very storied franchise. Second most uh, successful franchise. Second, yeah, second most successful franchise in baseball history. If you're talking about World Series championships, which should be the only thing you're talking about when you talk about success. Um, it, it just, yeah, that's, that's got to be on my bucket list to get to a game over there in Missouri. I don't know how that's going to work, but. Uh, beautiful, beautiful ballpark. 
and um, they got a good fan base over there. But the Yankees don't like going there. Um, at least they didn't this past weekend, as they get swept across three games. Um, like I said, five-game losing streak, 6-11 um, and 11 post-All-Star break, which kind of annoys me how I'm hearing that a lot now. And that's the stat that Yes Network keeps shoving out there. Like, it's like, do better. Like, the Yankees are 21-23, and 23, like we just said, since the middle of June. Like, it dates back to just before All-Star break. Because you remember, the Yankees were limping into the All-Star break, and all you heard from the media, from the fan base, was, oh, this team desperately needs the All-Star weekend. They need to get off their feet and rest and come back refreshed. That's all you heard. So don't act like this is just a thing post-All-Star break. This has been going on for, again, a month and a half, just about. 21 and 23 is 43 game, 44 games. That's a month and a half. So it's just not good. There's bad energy all around right now. Stupid decision-making from the organization. Stupid decision-making from Aaron Boone. Etc. I mean, the pitcher you trade shuts you out for five innings. The pitcher you trade for implodes for six runs. Your bullpen is thin, feeble. It's, you know, it's pretty mediocre as it is. And then after losing the second game of the set, you send down one of your few promising young arms in that pen, in Ron Marinaccio, who I was just starting to love. And he was pitching very well for the Yankees. Had that one hitter streak going. So he's down there in Scranton, Somerset, wherever the hell he is, for at least 15 days, because that's the rule. Because God forbid we lose Lucas Litke, or Albert Abreu, who is awful, by the way. So that happened. Team struggling, and you send down, you know, one of your few good pitchers left on a team that can't pitch right now. The batting order shuffling continues to blow my mind. It has gotten so ridiculous. I mean, it literally could be an episode of who's on first. You don't know who's batting where. The only two positions in the order, you know, that have been semi-consistent this season are DJ LeMay, you bat leadoff, and Aaron Judge batting second. Occasionally, you'll see Judge slide down to three. Maybe DJ, even more rare, slide down to five. But no, for the most part, 95% of the time, they've been one-two. And I don't think it's coincidental that those two guys arguably have been the Yankees' two most consistent hitters on the team. Just saying. And with that, you've got the Yankees doing this maddening, ultra-conservative mindset that has never worked, yet they keep sticking with it. So you remember earlier in the season, rest, rest, rest. We want to ease our way into things. Pitch count, pitch count, pitch count. Remember that? Couldn't really get a full lineup for a good few weeks. Stretched out into a month, even. Mid-season, we go hard for a bit. We find a semi-consistent lineup. We're playing guys pretty much every day. Here we are now in August, and we're talking about resting guys again, saving guys for the downstretch. 
pushing Seve back to the 60-day DL, pushing him back to mid to late December to be cautious, taking it easy with Anthony Rizzo, letting Stanton take all the time in the world because we just want him back for the long run, refusing, refusing to even pinch hit one at-bat with guys on their off days because you have to keep them off their feet 100% of the game. These pro athletes, right? The heat, the heat, the heat. Just so super conservative to where it's like, where's the urgency? Right? We got this big division lead. Okay, cool. Great. Which is, by the way, shrinking every day. Not that I'm concerned. I still think they're going to win the division. But home field lead is shrinking. I mean, by the second. It was .5 before today. It might be tied. I'm not even sure. Or it might be .5 now. But it's, 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 you know, it's anybody's. Home field advantage is anybody's. And Houston, the way they're playing, they very very well could take it from us right now. Like, they could be having the playoffs in Houston, and that terrifies me. So maybe play guys if they're able to play, right? And if it means playing through a little bit of an injury, play through it. If it means you have to play, God forbid, four days in a row, whoa, Maybe do it if it means we get a better shot at winning the game. I mean, Jesus Christ, Adam Wainwright, who had nothing today, they let him throw 110 bullets. And yes, Network was out there going nuts because they're conditioned to suck off to the Yankee philosophy. Just the way we approach things is just way too conservative. It's like... Put more emphasis on winning. Put way more emphasis on winning. So much is focused on the later. And I get it, you have 70 wins, but that's not what matters. You shouldn't be looking at the 70. You should be looking at the 0.5 games ahead of Houston. That's what you focus on. If you had 70 wins, the 9.5 game lead over the division, and a 9.5 game lead over Houston for home field, sure, do that. But you need to secure everything first. Then we could do the resting shit later. It's August. It's not September. It's still August. We gotta we gotta you know, we gotta still finish this thing out. It's way too conservative. <laughs> Let's talk about everything. Gonna get to our first break. We'll talk about the first game of the set when we return. Be right back. I'm your host, RJ. Episode 394 of the podcast, BD4. Hey, fellas. I've noticed that only a small percentage of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and want to be alerted every time a new episode drops, consider subscribing and hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the podcast grow and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. So if you guys want to follow me on social media, I'm on Facebook, RJ Carbone, and I'm also on Instagram at Rob J Carbone. That's Facebook, RJ Carbone. And on Instagram, I'm at Rob J Carbone. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. 
If you are new here to the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Download all these episodes on the many platforms you can get the show on. You can uh, give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can subscribe to us on YouTube if you want to watch the video format of the show. Many other platforms to listen to it and watch us on. Um, You can follow us on social media. You can follow me, sorry, on social media. I'm on Facebook at r.j.carbone. And I'm also on Instagram at robjcarbone. And of course, guys, I also write a blog. If you go to bd4blog.com, you'll find my website where I write blogs on the Yankees, Knicks, and a little MMA there too. It's a new blog, fairly new, so um, we're just getting started, and we'll, we'll we'll be pretty consistent there too. I would say I'm going to try to do an you know an article every series or something for the Yankees. So, uh, yeah, welcome back to the show, and let's talk about the first game of the set <clears throat> because this one was. Well, they all sucked. They they all sucked. So, uh, but the Yankees lost this one four three. Uh, you had Nestor Cortez going up against Hudson. I think his name is uh, top of the first inning. The Yankees crack first. Donaldson rips an RBI double. Bottom of the second though, Yadi Molina uh, rips an RBI single to make it one one. But then Donaldson responds in the top of the third. Another RBI. This time a base hit. Two to one Yankees. Gleyber Torres in the top of the fifth, an infield RBI single for a three-to-one Yankee lead. Uh, Nestor goes five innings, two runs, four walks, one hit. So he was, you know, a mixed bag. But you know, he again, that's fine. He's back now. He struggled for a little bit, but it seems like he's good now. I think I'm fine with him. He's probably been their most consistent starting pitcher. Um, bottom of the sixth against the Yankee bullpen. O'Neal gets the RBI single. It's 3-2. to two. Yankee lead shrinks. And then you have the bottom of the 8th. Clay Holmes coming in. I don't know if they're planning on using him for the ninth as well or going to Chapman, but comes in comes in an inning early, chokes it away. Um, you know, DeJean gets the, the young gets the double. St. Louis takes the lead back. And Holmes, I don't know, man. Um... Clay Holmes is, is, in a, is in a rut. He's got no command. Um, he's had no command for a while now. He's been pretty bad since the Fenway series. Um, and I think that dates back to nine outings in a row uh, where he's put at least one runner on base. So it's been nine consecutive outings without a 1-2-3. His ERA um, is just south of 10 during that span. Um... It went from 0.46 at the time to now 2.12, which is still a very good reliever's ERA, but considering just the nine-game stretch that was able to go up that quick is concerning. Um, now, would you really be that shocked, again, if he reverted back to just being his normal career self? No, that's my problem. You know, I'm a little concerned. A lot, a lot of these guys have great track records. Um, but I do trust Matt Blake. He's been a great pitching coach. Um, I, I just, I'm a little concerned. And the closer role as a whole is now, you know, I guess in question again, if this continues at least. Like, I don't trust Clay Holmes right now, but I sure as shit don't want Chapman again. And you can kind of hear the noise starting to surface again with, like, Chapman pitching a lot better lately. I think he's got five consecutive outings. Now where he's not allowed to run, just one hit in those innings. 
doesn't do much for me. But again, Clay Holmes has got to keep his role. I mean, it's it's closer on the Yankees, especially uh, ever since Mariano has been one of those positions where you have to be lights out to keep it because they they've been willing to, as Boone has made comments before, do a little bit of closer by committee if they have to. So we're getting to that point again where I kind of don't want to see that, but I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if this pattern continued and that's what they do. Um, ben and got his first real hit in this game. That was a positive. Also a positive was judge Carpenter and Donaldson with two hits apiece. Um, but that was really the only positive. <laughs> the Yankees had a few chances and, and they couldn't really capitalize in the second inning. Uh, they get no runs after having two on base, one out, they hit into a double play. Um, third inning, they have two on, nobody out. They get one run. Fifth inning, runners in scoring position with the judge base hit, then he's still second. Nobody out. You get one run out of that. Carpenter grounds out. Torres gets judged in with a single. But then Donaldson has the strikeout throwout with Glaber stealing second. Um, that was ugly. Then you get Trevino in the next inning getting caught stealing with Hicks at the plate, I believe it was. Ugly game on the bases. Ugly game at the plate. Ugly game on the mound, if your name is not Nestor Cortez. Um, yeah, not 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 a good one. And that was the uh, second game of the set, which which I should have had up, but I didn't have up on the screen. Um, no, that was the first game. Okay, we're good. Yeah, what am I talking about? That was the first game. Uh-huh. The second game of the set, though, the Yankees lost one nothing. Uh, Domingo Herman going up against Jordan Montgomery. Uh, yeah, that was that was something. Uh, bottom of the first, that was the only run we saw when Nolan Arenado got the RBI single, and it was one nothing St. Louis from there. Um, Montgomery ends up going five innings, no runs, one strikeout. I, I you know I was. I'm starting to like this trade a little bit less each day. <laughs> usually a man of my word. I usually don't change my opinion. Unless, you know, I'm wrong. But, I don't know. Maybe this shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard when you don't have the return piece right now. But, you know, Cashman obviously got played again. That was obviously supposed to be a precursor. You heard the Jorge Lopez rumors leading up to the Montgomery deal. Montgomery deal happens. Then you hear right after that that the Marlins plan on keeping Lopez. So, you know. And you know Cashman likes to have guys with team control. He likes years of control. Montgomery was due to get paid the next year, I believe, I think next season was his final year. Most of Cashman's deals are for guys who aren't getting paid for a while, who aren't due to get paid for a while, right? <clears throat> Voight or Shella, even like their starting pitchers. I saw a tweet listing all those guys, like Paxton, um, Sonny Gray, Weaver, Vazquez, Pineda, Tayo and Ivaldi and Almontas. Like, it's so absolutely pathetic how that's his number one priority when he's trading for guys. 
a lot of the time. Uh, Domingo Herman was good. Uh, he was he was good, and he gets the starting uh, pitcher featured spot of the series. Domingo won five innings, one run, three strikeouts, no walks, four hits allowed, uh, two doubles, and a couple singles. Eighty six pitches thrown. He's been good since he came back. He had you know the first game back, he had the hiccup against the Mets. He was again it was his first day back. Good for him, I guess. I don't know how much I buy in. Um, but he's doing well for now. Still would like to see Clark Schmidt at, take that spot. But good for him. Good for Domingo Herman. Um, hard to root for him, you know. But yeah, he 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 threw well. Um. Marnaccio threw after that his final inning for now before the demotion. Uh, Trevino, Lou Trevino, was used in the middle of an inning because that's what Boone does. Um, and then Chapman came in after that, faced Pujols, which was pretty cool. He walked in, but then he got out of that. Um, so that was it. The Yankees lost one nothing the second game. Third game of the set, they also lost. Uh, this was this was it, this was rough. Tough watch. Pace was all out of whack. Uh, yet Frankie Monta. Uh, by the way, it's pronounced. Uh, fuck. Um, the S was like saying it. You pronounce it Montos, Montos, Frankie Montos. So we're gonna have to try to remember that. Going up against uh, you know veteran Adam Wainwright. A lot of scoring. <laughs> A lot of scoring. Top of the first, Carpenter gets the sack fly. Bottom of the inning, Arnado ties it at one. Second inning, Hicks and Judge get base hits to make it 4-1 Yankees. Nice, comfortable lead, but nope. Bottom of the second, Montes implodes. And it's 6-4 St. Louis just like that. The home run. Uh, top of the fifth, later on, Judge gets the big double over the center fielder's head to make it 6-6 Yankees. Tough umpiring. Boone gets tossed. Blake gets tossed. Bottom of the fifth. Just like that, three more runs for St. Louis makes it 9-6 Cardinals. Then the bottom of the eighth comes, and DeYoung puts it away with the big home run um, off of, unfortunately, Scott Efros. Welcome, Scott. This is what we do here. We give up runs. 12-8, and then DJ gets the uh, semi-meaningless home run at the time, 12-9. In the top of the ninth, the Yankees get swept, though. Montes was bad. Uh, and the excuses I'm hearing already, holy crap, new catcher has to get accumul- uh, has to get, uh, what do you call it, uh, comfortable with the team, it's the heat, he just got off the disabled list not long ago, he just got off a bereavement leave, um, the umps, the umps, robots, robots, we want perfection, we're entitled, life must give us everything on a platter, humans must never make mistakes, we must overanalyze everything every time and, bl- and blow it all out of proportion, can you tell which side I'm on, um, <laughs> how about do better, you know, how about Montes just does better, three innings, eight base runners, six runs, 100% pathetic. How did Castillo do, by the way? Did you give him an excuse? Because he pitched pretty well. (laughs) But it's okay. We hung on to our prospects who won't be on this team for another two to four years. Thanks. Um, 
I'm, I'm, I, listen, man, they're in a bad, they're in a bad stretch. I'm frustrated. Abreu came in, was not good again, but that's all he's been doing lately, and I'm not shocked. I mean, he's allowed 11 hits in his last six and two thirds innings. Um, it's like, why are we doing so much to prioritize Albert Abreu? The whole DFA thing, get him back. No other team wants him for a reason. The Royals dropped him for a reason. Marinaccio gets sent down so you can keep Abreu on the roster. You leave him in games for so long. You go to him right away in these tight games. Like, what's the obsession with Abreu? I don't understand. Um, then again, it's Aaron Boone. And it's the Yankees. And they do things so differently. Glaber Torres. Got to talk about him. Uh, suck. Sucked until the final game. Please stop adding him cleanup because that obviously does not work. Um, it hasn't worked ever since he became a major league baseball player. The numbers say it, and it's so it's not just this season. It hasn't worked for his career. He clearly goes up there and presses every time he bats cleanup. Full on hacks. Uh, if you saw his at bat. In the middle game, in the ninth inning, horrendous. Um, and he bats five today, and he has three hits. Shocker. <laughs> Trying to find some positive. Oh, Judge keeps hitting. Judge is hitting. He stays clutch, and he's actually one of the featured position players of the series. Aaron Judge went five for 13. Four singles and a double. Four RBIs, two walks, two strikeouts, two runs scored, a stolen base, and six total bases for the big man on the season Aaron Judge is batting 301 with an OPS of 1058 across 105 games not much else can be said right now about Aaron Judge he's been everything um, he's been so clutch and he's been so consistent so productive and most importantly he's staying healthy right so good for Aaron Judge no complaints there don't think you can have a complaint with Aaron Judge with how well he's been playing. Jose Trevino, um, he went three for nine this series. Looks good. You know, four game hit streak, two hits in three of those four games. Back up to 268 with the average, 760 with the OPS. So, a little bit of a cold slump for a bit, but he's back at it. Nice to see, refreshing. Matt Carpenter. Has been awesome. St. Louis loves the man. You know, the ovations every time he came to the plate in each of the uh, of his first at-bats. And his at-bats are so great. I mean, the, the, his approach must be duplicated by everybody in this lineup, not named DJ LeMayu. Like, him and DJ have the best at-bats on this team. Anthony Rizzo, too, when he's in his own. But if you watch Carpenter's at-bats... Deep into the count all the time. Doesn't try to do too much. Had the sack fly today. Speaking of good at-bats, I mean, watching Goldschmidt, watching Arenado just pains me, man. Like, they're professional. Like, they're pro hitters. And they're superstars in their prime. Like, man, I wish Cashman got one of them. But Carpenter's been good. Uh, another positive is Ben Intendi hopefully starting to wake up. Doubles the other day. Two hits today, including another double. Barreled it. He's going to be key for this lineup, Benintendi. You know, in a lineup that needs more contact, more 300 hitting. I think Benintendi could possibly give you that. So, 
hopefully he's he's waking up and um, maybe he'll have a big series in Seattle. <sighs> these these ten o'clock games are gonna kill me. Um, DJ keeps consistent. Uh, DJ actually got the other featured position player spot of the series. He goes three for twelve, but he did get on base a bunch. Uh, and his three hits were extra base hits. Two doubles and a home run, and he had three walks. Um, yeah. Eight total bases in the series. Three runs scored, an RBI. Uh, 288 now on the year with a sparkling 393 on base, a 435 slugging, giving him a solid 828 OPS. Um, yeah, man. I have no qualms with DJ other than the fact that he's not exactly hitting well with runners in scoring position. That's got to improve, which is rare for him. He's got to start hitting better in scoring position. I think he was like 205 before today's game where he was 0 for 2 in those spots. But um, hopefully that improves. But yeah, I mean, like we've been saying, the, uh, the Yankees are in a little bit of trouble right now. They're in a rut. They're in a bad way. Again, they were in absurd 49 and 16 mid June. Since then, they've gone 21 and 23 across 44 games. People are, you know, their hands are at least over the panic button. Might not be precedent right now, but um, I don't know. The team needs something. They need to get it going, and um, I wouldn't blame you for being panicked. For being uh, concerned and panicking. I'm not panicking because I, I... Like I've been saying all year. Um, or I shouldn't say all year. Like I've been saying since... The first Houston series. This team isn't what a lot of us thought they were. They're just another good team. So I kind of... You know, tempered my expectations ever since that. Um... But we'll see. You know, teams go through slumps. I just don't know. Again, this is a pretty long slump. Like, this is a 46-game slump. Or whatever it is. 43-game, 40-whatever-game slump. That's a long time. We got to get to a point where we start finding consistency again. Right? You're facing some decent teams with teams you should be able to handle. And now we're losing. So it's not like we're losing to the top, top teams like we were weeks ago against the Astros than the Mets. We're, we're losing to the Mariners. We're losing to the Cardinals. These are teams that you can be able to, you should be able to beat. Fully healthy or not. And they're not. So they have to get it together. That's it. There's, there's not much else you could really add. The Yankees just have to get their shit together. That's it. They have to get it together. So maybe call up an Oswald Peraza who's raking down there. We're hearing about him more and more every day. I hope it's not like we have to wait until September for the call-ups. I hope it's not so. I mean, maybe they're waiting for August 18th because that's, you know, if they do that, they can get a top draft pick for next year. There's some, uh, there's a whole thing. Um, but it's like, just, just worry about wins. That's the only thing that should be in your mind. I want to win today, tomorrow, and forever. Like that's that's the only mindset they should have. And I know IKF isn't exactly an issue right now, in my opinion. God forbid I say that. Um, but we need excitement. We need more talent. So you know, I would slide IKF to third. 
Donaldson becomes a platoon player or just comes off the bench and, and you have Peraza at shortstop and you're good to go. Give a spark. Like, the Yankees don't do that. The Yankees aren't a team to make those knee-jerk reactions. I get that. But that doesn't always have to be a bad thing to knee-jerk. Like, why can't that be, like, a, a good thing to spark them? Do what needs to be done. Like, if you're losing, you need a spark. Provide a spark. The worst thing that happens is he comes up, he struggles. You go, okay, you need more time. We'll send you back down. Like, sometimes I feel like, all oh, you just overthink everything. It's more simple than so many of you think it is. So the Yankees are struggling. Um, is it the end of the world? No. But, um, again, wouldn't be shocked if they got really hot. Wouldn't be shocked if they continued to be here, you know, win here, win there, lose here. Lose. Like, it's, it's just, at this point, this is just, I, 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 I go where they go. You know, it's, it's, if they do well, they do well. But I'm not surprised that they're in a rut because, again, if you go to bd4blog.com and check out my article, a lot of these guys are just regressing back to their mean. The pitching was the glue of the team, but Tyone kind of regressing back to who he's been his entire career. Uh, Montgomery was traded, uh, but he started to regress a little back to who he's been his entire career. Um, Severino has been a guy who's battled injury his entire career. He gets hurt again. Like None of that should shock anybody. That happens all the time with these guys. And here it is happening again. So, the pitching starts to falter. So does the rest of the team. The bullpen starts to falter. Guys going back to their career numbers, their career norms. The team starts to flop. Like that's it, the, the team is going to go where the pitching goes. Because their lineup is very hot and cold. That's who they are. It's the way they're structured, unfortunately. That's never going to change. They need the pitching to be lights out to do anything. The pitching has been anything but lights out since June 19th. So, we'll see what happens. Head to our final break, get back, and we'll wrap it up with the NYYMYK MMA question of the day. Stay with us. Be right back. Episode 394, BD4. So, BD4 is on so many different platforms now. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and plenty of other listening platforms. You can also watch the podcast on YouTube and Spotify. And if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review, as we are currently a five-star podcast and would love to keep it that way. And if you watch the podcast on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the BD4 YouTube channel. Download, listen, watch, share it. Do all of that stuff to help us grow. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born.
Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You are listening to episode 394 of the podcast BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA now, too. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on weekends. Um, if you're new here, be sure you know subscribe, download the episodes, all that shit. Follow us on social media. You know where to go. And, of course, go to bd4blog.com for all that, including my blog, where I write articles on everything we talk about here. Let's get to it. Let's wrap this episode up with our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day, and that will be it for 394. All right, so for episode 394, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day is, I want you to name the two Yankees to lead the team in hits with nine during the 2000 Subway World Series. Name the two Yankees to lead the team in hits, nine, during the 2000 Subway World Series. All right, let me know the answer wherever you can reach me, whether that be on Facebook, Instagram, wherever you can get a hold of me. If you get the answer correct, I will give you a shout out in the next episode. If you get the answer incorrect, but you at least attempt to guess the answer, I will let you know what the answer is in the next episode. So one more time for episode 394, our NYYNYK MMA question of the day is, name the two Yankees to lead the team in hits, nine, during the 2000 Subway World Series. Alright. Thanks guys so much. That'll do it. The Yanks flop in St. Louis. Drop their second consecutive series. Hopefully things start turning around. Because it does not look promising right now for this team. Um, we'll see. And uh, that's it. Guess we'll see you in the next one. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.